Dente Rigamortis. I'm Review Cultist. And with me is. Hey, everyone. It's Travis. We're back again. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. Also, a nice big helping of the kitchen segment. That's my uh, job. I'm in school for kitchening, so let's, let's kitchen. Yes. Let's culinary up some. Uh, creepy stories and creepy pastas. Um, so we're going to talk about sleepy tired and Pokemon go specifically uh, for uh, like, uh, like generally as like a topic for creepy stories and creepy scenarios. Uh, Cause one of our good friends, Matt from drunk of the ugly sent me a Twitter post by lumpus 12 um, lumpimp on Twitter. And they were, just kind of pra- posting a Tumblr from uh, a Tumblr post by Vulture Culture Coyote, um, who had a dream recently. <laughs> um, and that dream was about Pokemon Go and this creepy ass new Pokemon that started appearing on the service called Sleepy Tired. That's this like creepy, wispy root looking thing. Like like a ghosty root, like mandrake root kind of thing, with like little like tendrils and limbs and, and like creepy limbs and stuff, and then like a singular red eye in the center of it. Uh and that was appearing on tons of people's uh Pokemon Go AR uh layout. And so eventually after a few weeks, it started um propagating or manifesting in the real world when people would use the AR um system uh and so people just started like making it manifest all over the place because they could um and be people being curious they started like going up to it and like trying to catch it or trying to touch it and stuff in the real world and it would basically induce some kind of like intense fatigue on them that there is no cure for uh, eventually in the dream uh news broadcasts were telling people that pokemon go was now illegal and to stop touching or disturbing these creepy little things as they are now everywhere <laughs> um so that's kind of the basis of our little chat today and yeah when i saw it i was like oh yeah we haven't really done much for pokemon go and like that kind of uh kind of topic or genre uh even though it does kind of fit like the, the haunted video game creepypasta motifs. So yeah, that's, that's our, my rundown. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I, I was really interested in it reading through it mainly because I, 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 it struck me like outside of the Pokemon go, it also seems very similar to, uh, some of the original digital digital devil saga and Shimigami Tensei, or excuse me, Shimigami Tensei series and the idea of, the digital world actually hacking into a cryptid esoteric spooky world. And yeah, the, 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 that was the more interesting thing for me and the, the chronic fatigue syndromes that pop up with individuals 
that touch them is also something that kind of harkens back to how in a couple of other stories I've read, the, uh, the, the crossing happens, if you will, where these things act as seeds that eventually grow and uh, populate the world with whatever the heck hecky comes through the digital divide. Yeah, like it translates through uh, whatever medium it can to get to our reality. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of almost uh, also I kind of like see it like kind of got like vibes of like Digimon or like in certain uh, seasons where like the digital world was crossing over to the real world. The, the good season, yeah, the third season, <laughs> I think was the yeah season. the best season, yeah. the only season. Yeah. They made Digimon after season three? No, yeah, no. no, no, we're not gonna talk about those ones. <laughs> no, Nate, tell me a better Digimon than the sentient uh, recycle bin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, um, yeah. So this is gonna be our kitchen segment. It's most of our episodes since there's not really much to do about grammar inquisitions or our actual thoughts are basically like like fodder for this thing. So, um, I will leave a link in the description below for. Vulture Culture's uh, Tumblr post, um, and yeah, I guess we'll kind of just find out. Let's let's see what we can come up with for this whole thing. So, um, yeah, this thing kind of I for like fodder for gaming idea stuff and creepy uh, creep pasta stuff as, as well. Um, the idea of like an entity from beyond real our reality tra- trying to translate into our reality through whatever medium it can, like the digital world. Um, and through like an AR, basically like using an AR, almost like a, uh, a ritual a mimetic ritual. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's, yeah, that's basically like, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard of creepypastas that have done that. And like for, for a game scenario, like that's basically like the esoterist, um, like just in a nutshell, like that, that whole setting <laughs> where people are trying to use like weird mimetic, um, uh, rituals and like th- magic doesn't quite work because but the people are trying to like basically break the veil between the the supernatural and the real world by whatever means necessary and like through like basically um i believe like cog- basically like communal cognitive um awareness of the supernatural and like i can also see like tales from the loop delta green little fears fear itself those systems like yeah, I after the flood specifically might work a little better because this seems yeah. a little more darker than Tales from the Loop. Yeah, um, I actually had this idea that came up as I was reading it this morning um, for Call of Cthulhu and Delta Green uh, using the Hypnos uh, God uh, from the Dreamlands. Ooh, that's a and good idea. Having like an avatar of him, like basically being the mimetic entity, um, like the thing that keeps popping up, generating in these ARs, and then like manifesting through the AR to the real world. And then like having that whole like angle of like, well, hypnosis is the God of sleep. So like fatigue and uh, chronic fatigue and um, uh, the whole sleepy tired thing. Uh, And also kind of like taking some of the inspiration from the, like the Pokemon go craze that happened like a couple of years back when Pokemon go first came out and the, the mass hordes of people that were like just going out and like obstructing, like, uh, traffic to get to a certain location. Oh, like, there was a story of this. Like when it came out, Niantic used some of its previous points that were really important. So they found a military base because it was an excuse for military personnel to actually do something while stuck on base. Yeah. So when Pokemon came out, you had a oh, bunch no. of civvies <laughs> trying to get into military bases. 
And God. like, yeah, that level of just like systems not working because of human error being translated into something potentially more uh, nefarious. Yeah. Like, okay, can you imagine that was like the actual reason for like the whole like Area 51 raid? <laughs> we got to get our Pokemons. <laughs> From Area 51. <laughs> They're actually aliens. I gotta get my gold. God, that's like legit, like probably, yeah, like a Dreamlands or um, uh, Amigo kind of like some kind of weird Amigo uh, like experiment or something that they're trying that they're trying to convince regular people to just like storm this place so that they can get their shit back. I I, (laughs) or Yithians maybe even. (laughs) Yeah, I I really since I since I side on the Digimon and the SMT side of things, I really like this hypno this hypnos line of it because it's yeah. Because because the the it feeds into the chronic fatigue and it feeds into the idea of like it these things don't actually do anything but it's it's like poking holes and creating little little hole spots in the world to bleed into the dreamlands yeah. and even even then you could actually pull this into the idea of paprika from Shatoshi Kon if you've seen that film I have not I've been meaning to. <laughs> Because that also deals with the the oh, the super simplified um, story of that. It's based off a book. Well, apparently the the on, the movie is better. Um, there's a machine that lets you do therapy in people's dreams. Okay. And an individual can go in there. It's not legal yet. So one of the scientists that works on it is rogue and has developed a separate personality from herself. And then people start living out their dreams in reality and killing themselves. Oh, jeez. So we got, like, they're trying inception. to figure out. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely came along with the inception. And then as it goes on, dreams and reality. Merge. And you oh, can't God. tell which is which until the very end when it's literally like, Hey, it is actually dreams and reality are merging into one thing. Try and fix it. God, so, that's like, a- yeah, that sounds very that would be a good thread to stitch into this game idea we're coming up with. Now, I will warn you, actually parsing that together took me and Rebecca about two hours of talking to actually finally get down the idea that like, oh, these are because it seems disjointed and weird at the end. And it's like, oh, no, that's because it's literally running on dream logic because dreams and reality have become merged. Oh, shit. Jesus. And it's it's a it's a head trip. Yeah, I got. To, I, I've been meaning to check it out because I keep hearing about it, and it seems like it would be up my alley for like dream punk kind of stuff. One uh. thousand percent. <laughs> so yeah, like this is a way of doing paprika and like stitching together the dreamlands because that one relies on a simple head thing. You fall asleep, someone else has it in their control. This could just be a leaked version of that technology that, or an esoteric, unnatural version of this technology that leaks and creates holes in the universe and these people that have chronic fatigue there's no talk about what they do other than they go home and they're tired like yeah somebody could investigate people and realize that hey these people are being pulled further and further or they're just disappearing in weird spots yeah because again that's another thing another facet of pokemon go was people stumbling upon like weird shit or like or like 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 devious stuff that was going on like they people would come across a dead body while looking for a pokemon or they'd fall off a cliff because they weren't looking where they were going (laughs) 
yeah. or they'd come across a drug deal and they'd be have they'd have to be they'd have to uh, like be they were getting chased or mugged by fucking criminals. Yeah, like, and 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 I think yeah. Pokemon Go is so fascinating because it did. I do I do research in AR and VR. That's part of my giant umbrella of research I do, and it is the best thing to point out as augmented reality to somebody, even if it's not quite the right academic definition. So it creates this nice cultural touchstone, as you described, for everyone to latch onto for the idea. And I think what we're going to end up doing on this kitchen sink is like our end point goes to what game we want with the technology of Pokemon Go being the core, which is probably me restating it. But like, if we go with the Dreamlands, there's ways to adapt this. Versus if we want to just literally copy Tamers, and this is just these are the things that are going to manifest into something. This, I mean, th- honestly, I could steal this and stitch my Digimon game that I or the the Mon oh, game I've made together because yeah. it's just hey, play Pokemon, <laughs> and then these things sack enough energy, then develop into the 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 Mon eggs that cause the game. Yeah. No, I, I 100%. Um, I actually kind of also reminded, um, I don't know if it's on, I don't know if it's publicly available, but on Roleplay Public Radio's podcast, uh, or on maybe on their Patreon or something, they had a, a Cthulhu Dark game. It might also be a part of one of their um, their like bundles of games that they just aren't releasing. They're just, they're yet to buy to, re- uh, to listen to them. Um, but it's, it's like basically Ross from their uh, GM to Cthulhu Dark game where uh, Amazon, uh, a not Amazon corporation, had acquired some tech, some a uh, like uh, AR gl- glass technology, or like VR technology that was basically um, they bootstrapped Yithian tech that they found in the Australian desert and wrote the symbols that were on some tablets. And it basically, when you wore these these VR uh, headsets, it pulled your like subconscious um dream like like your nightmares and dreams like scapes into reality like as a as a side effect <laughs> like it, the the it was basically a reality bleed for uh, by wearing these vr things and it would be usually nightmare um uh uh nightmare imagery or like nightmare content because that was the strongest um uh cognitive pull cool so yeah. Um, also, I'm also kind of getting a little bit of Carcosa vibe when we we're talking about like reality bleeding in, but that's a little well trodden. <laughs> well, okay. So my 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 feelings on Carcosa has adapted since I am actually doing a lot of research on. I'm trying to get an article published and potentially an entire chapter for my dissertation on new weird versus weird versus Lovecraftian horror versus neo-Lovecraftian horror. I think my issue with Carcosa boils down to um, is that the scariness of Carcosa is the scariness of the Dreamlands, and the issue is is the Dreamlands represent the new wild frontier. Very Western, colonialist frontier, go explore it, figure it out, but it will constantly expand, and you'll never get it. Where Carcosa is the unknowable nature unknowable location where people go in but they don't come out the dark heart of africa the the south american jungles the you know uh, russian gulags it represents an unknowable unknown that only those inside know versus the frontier nature of the dreamlands which would have the uh, carcosa style area populated all over the place but because it's 
more of it, it's able to be explored it is less scary if even though in reality it's probably more so it, it's if i'm getting it right it's kind of like the difference between um going into what you know is like basically going into a into the fresh state of chernobyl versus going to chernobyl or like pripyat nowadays where like there's pockets of radiation that you're not sure like you you have sensors for but it, yeah like, exactly going, basically going going into a hot zone that is that is like recent and like knowing that you're going to be submerged in like hostile radioactive material or radioactive uh, fields versus going to an area that might have radioactive fields like you, but you might be able to navigate around them <laughs> yeah um like one's more hostile like one's more like unknowably hostile versus the other one has like the potential for hostility and uh but there's also like areas that aren't as like threatening yeah exactly it's the fear of the unknown which carcosa encapsulates in itself and by not being described outside of a play you throw in the ability of like oh you can't escape somebody else is controlling your fate there's a bunch of there's a bunch of loss of control and information that makes it kind of this black hole of scary where the dreamlands are probably more scary because it's unchartable, it's unknowable. There would be areas like this, and the the nature of the constantly shifting human mind is way scarier than having someone else control it or being yeah. out of control. So, God, I, I just want to. Yeah, see. you can see this subtle <laughs> distinction, but at the same time, how I've just kind of started minting them as the same place. Yeah. Also, man, I just want to like see a cult, like a game or something with a cult that are just called the cartographers, and they just they've gone nuts because they're trying to geocache the dreamlands. Uh, isn't that an arc dream thing? Didn't they release the labyrinth, and now they're trying to? Oh, they, they they charted Carcosa, and now they're going to chart the dreamlands. Oh God, is that what the dreamlands was about, or what the uh, the labyrinth was about? Yes, it was attempt okay, to shit. chart Carcosa, which. I I, I enjoy I enjoy Arc Dream, but I think that's antith- antithetical to the entire idea of Carcass. That's fair. Um, I mean, there's also like there's always like different angles to like f- people take for games and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also another thing personal would be, opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, another idea for actually, I like it was coming to mind for uh, the hypnos angle with uh, like people and the people swarming to like to get to a location to find this like one specific Pokemon. Um, I just imagine like can you imagine like for a game scenario like a scene where like you get to a park where like a ton of people have like were like going because that's where like the thing was and then you get you get there and everyone's just like on the ground like in comas or like just passed out or like like they're just in some they're they're just all lying on the ground around the thing <laughs> like because their minds have basically all been transported to like the dreamlands or something <laughs> yeah as a result of the uh the the sleepy tired because of its like chronic fatigue and such. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's specifically why I went into to hypnosis and like chronic fatigue syndrome. Is yeah, I, I I know a couple of people on my social media who have it, and it's one of those of invisible disabilities. Like they have to leave very early because it's just like I'm gonna go home and sleep for 20 hours, and it's you know it's it's an invisible disability that people don't really understand because they you know outside of the usual you're just lazy. It is an actual diagnosis ability, but that relates like giving that to somebody is so debilitating to the real world and starts warping their perception of reality that it is easy to see that this is some way of trying to almost like i said seed but this is all the, like it is trying to reach out and cultivate 
cultists if we want or individuals to help propagate a message and if this is literally just like the hypnosis like hey hey y'all aren't doing the whole frontiers colonial expansion shit anymore (laughs) i need people yeah, it's like, hey, so... video game. Come, come explore my shit. You've got more stuff here that I don't know about. Fix it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh god. Yeah, it's basically a needy god. <laughs> um, another kind of angle I was looking at for this was, um, uh, so again, like the creature, like a creature coming trying to use like our like mediums and technology to try and like get into our reality. Uh, I was kind of also reminded by like the tilling gas resonator from the beyond. Oh yeah. Um, Because like what, yeah. What if an AR system basically just accidentally (laughs) lets us like basically infiltrates another, (laughs) another reality that's like parallel to ours. And and what we're talking about, like even that is an idea I've had for a game. (laughs) I've never had the Mm -hmm. chance to sit down because I probably could try and do that next year, not 2020, but 2021. Cause you can make AR, you can make an AR app that will read the room and do it for like escape the room stuff. I've done that before. Yeah. And I've also considered like making an AR over uh, app for a Gen Con game. That is a lens of truth. Uh, yeah. a, la, a tilling ghast. Yeah. I literally thing. have that in my notes. Uh, the hidden like a hidden world through the ar easter egg like system or whatever and using the lens of truth to discover like the things that are connected to our reality like a, a connected layer to our reality <laughs> that's literally in my notes for pokemon go <laughs> for this but yeah <laughs> so yeah i think we have a very depending on how you want to run this since we are definitely a horrific creepy pasta side thing mm-hmm. if we it, the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleed a little bit of my personal research into this. Um, that's fine. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> if we go with the Dreamlands idea, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to Digimon and like Pocket Monster ideas in a second. Maybe why sticking, not both? <laughs> why not both? But the, I, 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 I super adore the idea. And this is a thing that I've talked about before on your show. And it's a thing I'm actually working on in a publishing paper. I'm trying to get at the end of this semester. Um, is the idea of the new cosmic horror and that the idea is that just because hypnos is a god doesn't mean he's any more capable than we are it's a higher being again like i've mentioned before i think in bloodborne like everything there is super powerful but they're still just as miserable and stuck on this plane of reality as we are and yeah. the and the the narthala hotep stand-in of the moon presence while it's pulling strings it's still pretty much stuck doing its own thing until it's freed and like the idea that the idea that i'm pulling from for this a lot of this research in this field is that like lovecraft made things malicious and omnipotent the new ones are like they're powerful and benign to beneficial and just be just by being benign they seem uh they seem malicious and then making that so that you have this story that you've stitched together, like we said, of like, this is literally Hypnos going that nobody's been here since the 70s. And those that do are like strung out junkies that don't know what to do and just kind of die. I need some people that are culpable of understanding modern ideas that aren't completely wrenched in the head for whatever reason. Now go. 
creates yeah. this very interesting push-pull dynamic that is missing in the old ones of like the horror of the unknown is now amplified by the fact the unknown doesn't know itself. <laughs> the unknown doesn't know itself. And <laughs> yeah, and literally, yeah. you're having to uncover something that is unknowable to even the unknowable and trying to express that to itself. It's it, it deals with a lot of other stuff I probably won't bring up in this uh, creepy talk. Maybe next year this time I can come on and talk about some stuff that's going in my life yeah. um, to further explain this stuff. So listen for another time. Um, but there's this there's this inherent fear that happens in cosmic horror and horror in general of like the fear of the unknown is the absolute fear of losing everything when that's not the worst thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. But finding that the, you know, the fear of the unknown and realizing you, you hit rock bottom and then you, you, you survive and then you realize the thing that you usually turn to for success or to, to claw your way up is just as confused about existence as you are levels, the playing field and show how bleak the universe can be and adds that level of absolute horror oh god it's like banality almost like on a level of banality just like cause it like 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 when the gods themselves i mean it makes sense because the gods even like historic classically speaking gods were like flawed people as well um but yeah just like the yeah the 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 horror and banality of just the fact that like the things that are supposed to like consider us ants are just as fucking confused and like miserable with their existence as we are. <laughs> that is fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's and like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, like tragic, it, it, it's a, again, to espouse upon my research. It's the idea that Lovecraft was scared of, I uh, was scared of the ocean, scared of women, scared of other people. And this is in response to world war one and world war two showing how little he was and the dissolve this solution of his middle-class life upper middle-class lifestyle and to reveal he's kind of just a poor schlub and a yeah. world that is slowly losing kick that forward now a hundred years later roughly we have an entire generation that's like yeah this is this is tuesday for us and yeah. we're seeing things that are completely completely like horrific to people like if you know if you go and tell your grandparents about stuff um that some of our generations experience it's 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 unknowable to them the idea that a single keystroke just by some overworked worker who had a greasy cheeseburger dropped a piece of ketchup and when he swiped it away it hit a two instead of a three and now you're destitute and you can never find a job for the rest of your time yeah that level of banality and un un put un malicious evil is really hard for people outside of our generation to kind of understand, especially with certain individuals and power structures now who are uh, maliciously stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and like they represent a great example of how evil the old Lovecraft are is like actually malicious, actually attempting to do something, but being kind of an idiot about it, being overt about it, but having these followers that are able to do it, which is another reason why Lovecraft himself has had such an explosion lately. Brexit, Trump, however you feel about him can be viewed as these kind of returns to a, uh, a thing Lovecraft would be scared of. 
Now, yeah. though, it's tempered by the fact that we have other things that are still Lovecraftian horrors, but not quite traditional. Yeah, because, I mean, like, cosmic horror comes in different, many forms, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, and sometimes it hits a l- closer and farther from home <laughs> than we'd like. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we've been touching, yeah, touching a lot on, like, the Lovecraft, Laura Lovecraftian and cosmic horror side of this. Um, so, I'm not sure if you remember, Travis, um, <clears throat> Uh, my uh, my one idea I came up with uh, a while back uh, for um, the, uh, the the laugh pyres <laughs> for uh, Night's Black Agents. Yes, and I love them. <laughs> the idea of like basically cartoons translating to our world, but like because of that like process from like two D to three D, they became statues, <laughs> and they needed um, uh, they they could only move like basically through like kind of almost like uh, they were quantumly locked. So like if you saw them, they were statues, but then like they would move beyond that like when you weren't looking observing them um and they fed off of human um laugh basically they felt they fed off human joy <laughs> uh as their uh as their source because they were cartoons and that's what kind of like the whole mo- modus operandum of cartoons are is to promote joy um so i kind of had an idea for like using that kind of angle on this and just like again traping it with the whole like augmented reality thing like um and even like another idea i've been talking with with that uh with uh, uh adam from rpx uh on uh, a previous episode we did with uh cognivores which are basically just thought eaters um because like ar ar systems and even like the like ar glasses and like using your phone so that like these things are like they're basically the these um like the tablet or the phone or the glasses they're basically just a window to this other thing that is just feeding off of our cognitive thought just looking at them and like trying to like figure out where to go for the geocaching and stuff so yeah i had this i, I like the idea of like using these like weird not quite digital world not quite uh, something something in between supernatural and and digital world kind of like entities that are using our again our technology as a window to get to their food source, which is our um, our, our thought processes. <laughs> yeah, I, the cognitive language is scary. Yeah, I, and language is really, really a thing that people take for granted. And you know, going to grad school like I'm like I am is is basically learning how to talk, learning a brand new language of like academics who are both 10 years behind in concepts but are 200 years worth of language stored up behind them and um yeah playing and making people aware of the issues of language and how you can disrupt it and alter it and stuff like that and like manipulate it is terrifying i'm try i'm going to avoid talking about the gen con game that i'm going to run this year which looks like it's going to be the entire campaign, but that also too relies on a cognition entity and yeah. how it disrupts the ideas of language. Yeah. Spoilers for that, or look forward to that because somebody's probably going to be bound to be recording that one. <laughs> Either me or somebody who else is up. I on will. The table. I'll be recording it. Um, but yeah, so like the idea that 
cognivores and your laughivores are already. I mean, it's already stitched into modern culture. I mean, the vampire started as a thing that stole your life, but now we have psychic vampires. I mean, Doctor Sleep, which recently came out, deals with psychic vampires that steal fear from individuals, but specifically focusing on like the people with shining and stuff like that. So like. Yeah, like taking, literally like going after psychic people. <laughs> yeah, and then but the interesting thing you bring up is taking the humanity out of it because part of the the fear of the vampire is that they are human enough to be terrifying and be a facsimile of humanity, thus elevating our fear of them because they could be us at any point. When you change them into an entity, a la uh, even humanoid, but not actually look like a human, you introduce a level of nature to it and a level of inhumanity kind of is the the simplest one that that removes that alignment of this is a human this is not a human this is a human this could be me instead of like this is just a natural thing we've never known about this is just an entity that has laid low that we we don't understand it's natural process and stuff like that It, it it is both harder and easier to scare people i think there's actually another Again, not to bring, not to keep bringing up um, uh, podcasting games of, of other people's, but uh, I'm pretty sure Arc Dream uh, they for the Delta Green. There's a, a game called Black Sat, um, where the entities are basically like, um, uh, like vortices or like to, like tolpaic entities that like the more you look at them, the more power they're able to like pull into our reality, or the more they're able to actually like pull into our reality. Um, and they exist beyond our like they they can't ex- uh in in that game. I get spoilers for Black Sat uh, for Delta Green, a little bit. Um, they exist beyond the sphere of Earth. So when we go out into space, we're in their territory. <laughs> we're in their turf. Yeah, and um, uh, they they they're basically free flowing entities that are just vertices of like angles um like in terms of like what they look like and so like they cause people to like kind of want to look at them but the more you look at them the more power they have more influence they have on the reality and the more they can just basically paste you (laughs) as they consume your uh like your your essence essentially yeah um and again it kind of goes back i guess to the tilling gas thing where like the resonator um, basically, makes uh, gives us uh, puts us uh, puts us in targeting range of something that's just like that's usually invisible and unaware of us as much as we are invisible and unaware of them. Yes, the idea that it can't see you, so you, you can't you can't see it. It can't see you. You're safe, but once yeah. it's aware, it's it's all over. Yeah, you look into the the abyss long enough, it it looks back, and then it starts hunting you. <laughs> Um, it actually, uh, I guess this is a little segue to another idea I had for ARG systems as well, uh, along the lines of Pokemon Go. Um, so what would happen if like an AR system, like like Pokemon Go or whatever, accidentally like their their whole like their their network of their Wi-Fi and like Bluetooth or connections like for uh, or their GPS system or whatever, like what if it connected to an older um virtual layer that wasn't even human like say the yithians or uh some other aliens civilization that existed before humanity um 
had a uh, a a VR layer like laid out over Earth, and then when they wipe were wiped out, well, I mean, it's up in the cloud essentially. So it's just been like sitting there, like settling and molding and like decaying over eons, and then this new younger civilization pops up um, and starts and accidentally taps into it by some like fluke or some like angle of the programming or whatever. And so now you have the remnants of that, that digital world kind of leaking in and trying to like basically be known because their world is dead or dying. So this, (laughs) this reminds me of guilty gear very slightly. Um, The fighting game guilty gear has a concept called the backyard which is essentially there is a layer to the universe. They call it an alternate world, but it's almost like, like you're saying a cloud where the building blocks of reality are. And it's where they draw magic from. So all the magic and weird shit that happens in guilty gear is literally people touching in on the backyard. And that's why a lot of the stuff in that game is kind of techno looking is because what because you do it's... is you're drawing... Yeah, you're literally getting the code from the backyard and implementing it onto yourself. God, so it's it's basically the... the it uses the theory that, like, the universe is just a hologram. <laughs> kind of. Without... It, 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 it's a little bit... It's actually a little bit closer to your cloud theory. Um, and that... are your cloud analogy of, like, it's yeah. just the thing that is in the universe floating around. There are ways into the backyard. There are people that have access to it. There are people that make monsters out of it. Uh, Dizzy's, I think, a quarter or half um, monst- uh, weapon made out of the back door. Her mom was one. Justice. Um, huh. But the idea that if you 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 can find it and you if you can just find a way to hook into it is how you draw power and so oh, wow. that's that i mean because what you're ultimately describing with the cloud is the aether and the usual yeah. idea of like magic as a wild wind that permeates everything and just literally hooking into it which again is a great example of why the weird is so good at this because we're drawing instances of science fiction literally the cloud mm-hmm. and fantasy and now we've got this weird combination that we can start talking about the power of this in more abstract terms and i think that one is really cool to talk about because now that we have a concept and we've used the cloud we kind of have an understanding of what it would like we also know how much garbage is up in there yeah how much weird shit gets accidentally uploaded to the cloud and then you know oh it's broken oh whatever and like imagine and this the this is part of my ideation process is like if I make a game, say like I was making this game, I literally will go to our cloud server for our PhD and see who has some public files or for our, my uh, my school and yeah. see what the public files are because there's always weird shit people forget. Yeah, and just, and just like out like, of context weirdness. <laughs> yeah, grab four or five of them, and bam, you've got an idea for a game. These are just some. These are just some weird etching someone has yanked out of the sky, and now yeah. they're using. They might not even work. I mean, ninety-five percent of this is somebody doing online coding as quickly as possible, and there's like six versions of it, and none of them work. But each of them have highly catastrophic. Uh, all fail at a certain point. Usually, sometimes highly catastrophic yeah there you go you got a game yeah two things actually just came to mind from that uh from what you're just bringing up there first off um like 
look at all the radio signals that we just throw into the universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, could you imagine just, I, I'm just, I'm just picturing like, oh God, I might run, I might, I might actually design this or something, but like basically um, some, again, a Cognivore kind of thing or like a vertice kind of thing from like that Delta Green game, but it's just made up of, or is consuming the, the, the signals that are being sent out into space. And so it's just been accumulating human knowledge and culture through all the garbage radio signals that we've just been like throwing up into the void. <laughs> like again, like how, like um, if some alien might stumble upon, unfortunately Adolf Hitler's speech <laughs> yeah. because it was tossed into the ether. Like, yeah, that kind of thing, like kind of like the cosmic, like some kind of cosmic cloud um, entity is just like following the trail of like radio signals all the way back to its point of origin, which is us. <laughs> Yeah, and a, an interesting thing to uh, a wrinkle to add to the complexity of that monster itself is the fact that radio waves are a Goldilocks zone. Um, most this is the issue of trying to look for space for radio waves is that if we we theorize that if technology advances similar to our own, radio waves only last a certain number of centuries before they stop happening, and yeah. so like this thing actually is very would be very detrimental depending on its speed and movement because it would show up right at the certain ecological ages almost routinely depending on its speed and power and stuff like that but then when it shows up it could also start bouncing radios that it's consumed back and we start hearing things that don't make sense something that's alien yeah actually and, uh, that also yeah. kind of brings up like actually eclipse phase with the titans where we just suddenly get a signal or something that fucks over everybody's uh or fucks over like a key part of the military complex uh, like ai complex yeah um i could see that actually like being like yeah like taking that reversing that actually and just having like what if it's not even on earth like that like something like or like from or some other dimension or some earth it's just some some close enough alien planet sends out their garbage radio signals or their equivalent of like Wi-Fi signals and radio signals out into the aether as well, like we do, and it hits it, it bombards Earth with basically uh, with that uh, with those signals that basically just hack into and intermingle with like again our AR systems or our VI system our interfaces. Yeah. So then we suddenly have again like it like we, they that was unintentional. It wouldn't happen on their world, but because it's interacted with our stuff, it accidentally summons things into like the tangible universe as a result of interacting with us <laughs> or just takes over our like interface, our virtual interfaces. Yeah. And like now we, that's so now we've gone from Cthulhu to sci-fi. Cause I don't yeah. count eclipse phases Cthulhu. That's fair. Yeah. It's, it's horror sci-fi, but it's it, not love. It's not, it's kind of cosmic horror, you know, in a sense, but it's also its own thing. <laughs> it's its own thing. It, it has yeah. a good echo. It has a good niche that it's hacked out. Um, yeah but yeah and like yeah. so i had a thought and it disappeared oh um actually well while you're trying to think of that uh have you heard of a of a game system called the uh the the strange i have not so it's by monty cook uh, it uses the cipher system um but essentially the setting is what's really cool about it um the setting is that like earth like uh, like our real world is just um is a is a hub world and the universe beyond us is actually um 
again, like kind of like how we were talking about like uh, the cloud and like the cosmic cloud. It's basically the cosmic cloud and all of our mythology worlds and pop culture worlds are just separate like worlds within this like weird universe, like multiverse kind of like dimension. Um, and you can translate between them if you have the right like reality coding. This reminds me of the Bifrost. <laughs> That's the word. Ah, yes. The Asgardian yeah. uh, Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, that connects to multiple worlds. No, that's an interesting, interesting yeah. twist on that. Yeah, it basically, I, from what I gathered, um, reading like the 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 run for it is basically um, they wanted to make a game where you could like translate to like whatever game world or whatever setting world you wanted to like play in, like for like kind of like crossover games with other things. Like, say, uh, I've actually listened to one by. Uh, or a campaign by the um, uh, Ragnar Rock guys, uh, and they they go to like the My Little Pony universe, <laughs> uh, but they also traveled like they also translate to like the um, the the default fantasy world that they have in the game itself. And it from the sounds of it, it's basically like, hey, do you want to go to this like fictional universe? Well, this game allows you to do that. We've just not we're not going to mention that in our book because we don't want to get copyright sued <laughs> yeah but this game this game system or the setting will let you do that kind of thing Interesting. So, yeah i i thought i think it's i i liked the idea it kind of brought up when we were talking about um like again the cosmic uh cloud and how like uh we're like there's a back door or back or backyard like space and that's basically it was reminding me of the strange which is the uh the the universe um anomaly or whatever that they uh they call the the aether that surrounds the other like all the multiverses that stitches everything together yeah basically yeah and uh it's and everything i think with the exception of earth itself and a few other like keystone planet like worlds um all the other worlds are basically just manifested from like uh from creativity and imagination and like human thought a human pop culture and history interesting yeah, it, and like yeah, there's like a, a zone, an area that is like known called the machine, and it's basically the universal machine. And like, um, the uh, in that campaign that the the Ragnarok Rock guys ran, um, they were trying to find a guy who had accidentally learned the cheat code <laughs> by speed running through reality. <laughs> like he found a gl- he found a glitch in reality that allowed him to get to the 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 machine, the engine, the world, uh, basically the world's engine, the world <laughs> and, engine. Yeah, and allow him to like basically like he could re- rewrite reality <laughs> if uh, if he was uh, in the wrong hands. <laughs> so yeah, it's an it was an it, it's an interesting system, and it kind of like again harkens to this whole idea of like um like using AR or using like the the Pokemon Go kind of thing as like a translation for like other reality entities or things trying to get in. Yeah, I, or vice I versa. yeah, and I think. So one of the how do I phrase this? Hmm, I don't know. I'm having struggles talking. Um, no, and I think that's again we've covered a wide breadth of ideas. This is a really good one for allowing for that weirdness of like, hey, here's an AR. Let's go going. Um, if we uh, since we're so focused on AR, perhaps if we want to, if you want to do this is a little side tangent. If you want to do this as a um, is a historical piece. You can take yeah. the ideas of this game and then move it back to Ouija boards and mediums. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. That. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then now you have your haunted house story. Like, why is this house so haunted? Well, they did a they did a Ouija board, and this thing showed up, and it just seeped into the walls, and now everything is awful. So okay, so basically, it's like oh my god, yeah, it's like tulpas and like the tol- the whole tulpa project kind of thing. Uh, you're familiar with that, right, Travis? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where and like Ouija board stuff are basically just the AR Pokemon Go esque like medium of like the turn of the century like kind of thing, where they accidentally created or like either summoned this thing from like an from the aether or from the cosmic cloud or the back backyard or wherever, um, using the mediums they had, and that's basically again it's like all rituals are just mimetic magic essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Like and thought, this, thought magic and mimetic uh, stuff, yeah, yeah. And then this this is a good thing because this is me going back to the Digimon Pokemon monster oh my god. Game, yeah, um, is this allows for the idea of setting it in a location through a even the AR games, but like the idea that the Mister Creepy Face is not actually just this sink. Was instead a like you you mentioned that it's root it, it's root like it almost I think it looks a little bit more veiny like a raw nerve. And yeah, it also it, doesn't have a pupil. In yeah, the it's eye just a red show. like just a red eye like the uh, what what is the the colored part of the eye? It's the iris. iris. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. Yeah. Uh the idea I get out of this thing is like I a, a part of what I like to think is that when the reason people stop touching it isn't because of the fatigue syndrome is that after the first one that got touched so much, something came out of it. It is oh. itself an egg or some type of progenitor of another entity that it takes something from everyone it touches and it yeah. makes something afterwards, which, you know, if you're doing, if we continue the line of the old, um, haunted, house it kind of it seeped into the walls it becomes a monster house because it's so full of these energies of people touching it if we do the ar overlay where it just actually gets kind of stuck instead of you know you could you could talk about how these things have been around uh and that's why we have haunted houses and locations like that but now they've kind of gone away and the ar is allowing us the interactions on accident to let them just propagate and further shows cases that it's an actual evolution that we haven't run into before because we are naturally because of the the natural processes of these things latching onto locations building sometimes people um and creating something awful like you could mention one of these is like a negative example latching onto a person who did some uh, the exorcist style thing and they become yeah. a murderer but now that we have these ar they they are accidentally uh, fish lost in a in a net. They just get pulled up and they're left in a single location. Or, yeah. Uh, and now when people touch them, the draining effect is uh it, as a response to keep them away because you always felt something in the locations these things naturally inhabited. But now that they aren't tied to a location, their form is free to grow to their natural state or be influenced by those that interact with it to form a creature. So going back to the Mon game that I talk about, this would be how you would form the monster eggs that eventually hatch into your partner because this could be something that is just like, hey, I keep trying to figure out what it is and I feel weird. And then it slowly lost its exposed nerve system and that eye finally bulged out into an egg and the uh, the entire sack 
ambiotic fluid that has been protecting this egg sloughed away, and then I just am left with this weird egg I've been taking care of that hatches into Canuckmon or whatever the heck you're thinking. <laughs> yes, Canuckmon. I love it. I I really <clears throat> I've been holding back uh, my giddiness from this entire idea that you've been bringing up about like because I just want to see like a t- even a two game thing where or like maybe a three game thing where we just each each game would be a historical moment where or like a situation like maybe before the Ouija board and stuff again a haunted location or like a haunted house kind of thing and then the next one is the Ouija board scenario where like they accidentally summon something and then the last one is like the AR like Pokemon Go like analog kind of sh- game um or AR system and they and that, like each one is basically just it's just showing like a uh the evolution of like a belief entity um kind of like how how they are created through our like cognitive um what lens we put them through exactly yeah like and like they're all made of the same stuff they're just evolving to accommodate the times essentially yeah like and i like the idea of like yeah haunted houses the reason why there's like it's not as crazy like 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 uh, in the modern sense the reason why there's not like haunted houses on every block is because um people were a lot more focused like people focused like had things set like basically human like folklore and belief kind of like settled um like specific areas not just not like everywhere willy-nilly like it's just like one haunted like the haunted house was the center point because it was like the strongest collection of belief and then like with the ouija board stuff you started getting like weird like things being summoned like the tulpas or like poltergeists and stuff like that because of the Ouija board stuff. And it was a little bit more frequent than haunted houses, than specifically haunted houses, but not as much because there, it was a brand. It was a product that people could buy across America or across the countries. Yeah. And then the AR thing is where you hit like basically the crescendo because they're fucking everywhere. (laughs) Like it's just the world is like basically the, like the, this mini campaign or this like three set game is just showing like, how these things are going to take over eventually because we keep f- giving them more and more like ways of like evolving uh, and adapting to our like technology. Like um, they were, they, they weren't hampered by like the, uh, by the industrial revolution and like the, the technology boost that we, that humanity had, they were bolstered by it <laughs> as a result. Like, cause I've, I've seen in like stories of like fairies and folk and stuff of like that where, the industrial revolution is basically where uh, fairy folk kind of dropped off in terms of popular in terms of their population because of iron and like technology and like uh, scientific logic. But I think I always think it's interesting if like, well, what if as they did have that point, but they eventually kind of like got uh, they basically adapted. So like basically there was mutations that started um, evolving the the fairy folk culture or civilization or whatever have you their organism their their organism began evolving to adapt to like the industrial um human technology scientific logic complex that we have yeah that's that's the core idea to my toy story game um (laughs) to 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 put it quite simply there's a book by the artist brahm called plucker which is like dark Toy Story. Uh, it boils down to a kid gets sick with what they think is Scarlet Fever. All the toys are alive because he plays with them. If he doesn't play with them, they stop existing. Oh, they God. stop having sentience. Um, so the kid gets sick, and it turns out it's actually a demon. 
coming from one of the toys he got from his grandfather and broke it on accident. It released into it. And so one of the toys, uh, there's a little bit of inherent racism. In the, the Southern hoodoo witch nurse um, stitches a couple, uh, does something to it. I want to say stitches a live heart into it, like a, an animal heart, but still of it. Yeah. So that it can go hunt down the, the uh, demon. The demon. And yeah. so what I did is take this idea and the entire basis of this was the idea that, yeah, all folklore was true. All folklore is seen by young people because they have no resistance brick wall built up. But also the fact that the Industrial Revolution has, much like all Native environments, radically altered the topography and ecology of them. So, like, th- the willowists that call people in the woods now yeah. have to do roadside calls. So the the, the disappearing um, on yeah. roadside is yeah. the willowists now trying to evolve. This is one that is the, the big bad of the campaign is essentially one that used to feed on people pretty regularly, a la serial killers that were low-grade hiding, and it's it's one that hasn't had to ecologically change, but its tactics and uses are. So this one specifically is having deal with, um, in the book, excuse me, uh, it would probably have been fine by the end of it because it, I, I, I've done this so long that I think I've had these two merged, but essentially it's eating the soul out of the kid to write its body. Um, the adaption gotcha. I had for the Toy Story game was that it's, it, it is one of a species and one of the species died off because the scarlet fever had people burn all their possessions to help clear the air. And that because kids used belief in their toys to help act as external white blood cells, it, it, it helped kill this thing because well, or excuse me, because the thing was leeching off of the toys and what the kid was, it died because well, just by happenstance, burning everything happens to burn its connection. This is one that kind of just sits and sips on a lot of things. And so the toys themselves are what the players would be. It would be a campaign that was either little fears or monsters, depending on who you're playing, the kid or the the toy. And your entire goal was to, you're a small town in the 90s, small suburb in the 90s, and everyone gets sick with this mysterious disease. And as you're playing through, you're the kids trying to figure out what's going on. And then at night, you're the, 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 the selected toy running around. And you're having to destroy other toys infected to figure out a way to get to the infectee. Night. Wow. <laughs> yep. I do dark stuff. Yep. <laughs> and really interesting nostalgia, like twisted nostalgia, essentially. But no, I love it. I love that idea. Um another idea like or another thing that kind of came up like because we were talking about like the uh uh sleepy tired it's, itself and how like again i kind of thought it was like a like a rudy thing where you thought it was like the membrane thing are you familiar with like how like v- uh, vampire vines work right yes so like i'm wondering it's like what if it, yeah like kind of going on like the whole like what if it's like some kind of like weird like cosmic or some kind of like interdimensional root creature that the reason why people get chronic fatigue from it is because it's basically just leeching off, um, like again, cognivore angle, uh, leeching off like thought processes or like, um, even, uh, just belief off of somebody. And by doing so, they're basically 
like it's it's draining people um so that it can flourish in our reality and then when it gets to a certain point it basically blooms and the 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 shriveled root like angle kind of thing is like basically peels away and that red thing is like again like you're bringing up with the egg the the digimon or the mon egg yeah um it basically yeah it basically evolves from being this like withered root thing that's like vampirizing off of like the reality and any anybody that's near it and then just becomes this like creature or thing fueled from like nightmare <laughs> yeah like basically it's it's taking all the it's taking all of the the what it's taking from people is like their their greatest fears or their like what the strongest like cognitive imagery that they have and just patchworks that into an entity um when it blooms yeah this again <laughs> i really enjoyed this because this reminded me of a, a shorter book series Let's see if I can remember it. Uh, it has a clown in it. Oh, good. <laughs> Dreamwatch. Darkwatch. Is it a Russian uh, novel series? No. Okay. You just, said, you just said Darkwatch, so I was like, Nightwatch, maybe? <laughs> um, I can't remember what it is, but it's essentially... It, it takes the idea of cognizant, cognizing the entirety of your horrors into an entity mm-hmm. and makes it into a... Disturbing positive. Um, let's see if I can find it because I started working on a pl- rule book for it for a couple of systems. Uh, a disturbing positive, like. <laughs> so the idea is that shadow walk. That's it. One second, I'm gonna pull up the book. So if anybody is interested, yep, you can read it. They're short. They were airplane books. They were still pretty good. By Tim Wagner, is that the one? Dream Stalkers by yeah. Tim Wagner. Yes, yeah. exactly. So the idea oh, of this... Yeah, I we, remember seeing this image of the clown. <laughs> okay. So the idea yeah. of this is that the dream world is real. Um, the waking world and the dream world are two separate entities. The dream world waxes and wanes depending on the moons. So, you know. And there are people that go to the dreamlands. And in this case, you're cops. The main character... I can't remember her name. Audra. Audra uh, is a human, and Mr. Jinx is her partner. Mr. Jinx is an incubi, because all of the entities are incubi, and the incubis are made from nightmares. More specifically, uh, waking dream night terrors. Oh, okay, so like so, what like incubi originally were, which were like, like sleep paralysis kind of things. Yes, quite literally. And so what it is, is they, they go into this in the readings, but... Um, they form over decades as children based on horrors or fears and they all have their unique abilities so one is a giant evil dog one's like a snake lady with a scorpion tail jinx is a clown because clowns are terrifying and clowns are always scary and are known to be super scary um in the series and she has principles (laughs) what they what they discuss at a certain point like jinx even talks about this is like they are horrific to their caretakers on purpose because they're doing their best to essentially try out and so the children's lives are miserable because god incubi are trying to be the best scary thing so that they can help them later it's very monsters um some people have less connection to it so they get a little bit of the ability to feel the dreamlands or maybe make weird objects in the dreamlands but yeah. they don't get an actual incubi. 
I was also going to say it's it's also very Monster Inc. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, and like, so this entire book itself could be another inspiration to use for this cognitive monster that feeds off your fears and then blooms into something. It doesn't have to be a clown. It could be a giant pit bull or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. And like the oh yeah and then like again to bring it back to like the Pokemon Go angle like these things are like it like they're they're happening at a much rapider rate because there are people because they basically found a way to tap into the AR and again the the angle of the A of the of the game. Um and so like they mark themselves where they're gonna be or where they're where they can manifest. They get a shit ton of people to that location thinking it's gonna be a Pokemon and then just like drain everyone <laughs> there. Yeah. And so so like they they they're like usually they it takes like a long time for them to fester, for them to bloom. Um, like say maybe even being like at a haunted house kind of angle. Um and then they also like maybe they also spot up in uh in graveyards because they know people will go to the, bring a Ouija board out to a graveyard and try and commune with the spirits. Um and so that's how they try and get like basically they've been trying how they've been getting their nourishment. But then they found Pokemon Go gets a lot of people to a, one location looking at, at at this at this one particular spot. That's perfect. I'm just gonna seed here and just gonna send a message, uh, send a tag out to the uh, like via a signal of some kind to the this 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 brand new like um, basically um, iFeast app that I found. <laughs> And just I get, <laughs> just get like a shit ton of people to this park, and uh, or like into the middle of this like sh- middle middle of this like uh like street, so that I can just like absorb everybody's essence and and just see what comes out. It's like fucking Monster Rancher now, <laughs> where they just like <laughs> stitched it. Like you don't know what monster you're gonna get when it blooms. <laughs> yeah. God. <sighs> so, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. that we've talked about forty-five different things to to, <laughs> to use examples, uh, yeah, like I this is the big kitchen sink thing, but this is one of the things that I you've probably heard. Internet, uh, a lot of my games have a story behind them and a reason for them and a idea behind them. So this is the thing I, I I'm starting to challenge people when they start making games. Um, this comes from my own problems i'm having in academia is you can't just make a thing you have to explain the reason for it and why and i've noticed a lot in my conversations with people making tabletop games that i stand alone sometimes because instead of just trying to do a cool thing i typically want to have something spooky on purpose so the link uh the the delta green thing is study on language the plucker game the toy story game is a look at nostalgia and like loss of innocence the oh god what was the, the digimon game is also another corruption of innocence and like yeah. exploration of friendship and what that means a lot of my games are designed around exploring a question i think is very interesting and ultimately revealing usually a uh, a scene that is like all right guys time for you to answer the question so my challenge for this, and maybe for Crazon, is how do we make a a, a question out of this? Our oh. cultist, sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> I go I go by many names. Ah, <laughs> uh, you go by a oh, man with many names and many maps. Um. Uh, how do we make a question out of this? Of like that that points to a penultimate. Yeah. Situation. 
uh, what? Because what, I have a couple because that's okay. just how my brain works. But I, I challenge you to see if you can come up with one while I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll give you a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll do the one that's just right off the top of my head. So, again, horror is usually about the corruption of something understandable. Lovecraft had a story about HVAC that was going to make people live forever because it kept the body cold so it couldn't decompose. I think I need to read up more, but I think that was mainly done because he knew about it and he wanted to make something stupid spooky and get paid. Just like ninety five percent of what he did. I mean, um, yeah, he was a he was a, a writer in the twenties and thirties. <laughs> so That's, yeah. Using that, we can kind of think of how to make this. It's like, all right, now we have an AR overlay. We are purposefully misunderstanding what AR is to a degree and using it to create a warped point. All right, but what is that point? And how do we want to address this? So a potential point that we can think of about this, if we go with I'm going to go with the Dreamlands one, so sorry if that steals your idea. And going again with the Hypnos idea that Hypnos is dragging people in, is that AR itself is releasing an idea that there is another world out there that is the creation of multiple worlds, heightening our ability to understand and cognate what the world can be like, what multiple personalities, perceptions can be like. So the game itself could focus around the ideas of perception of the world more specifically what you want so that by the end of it you ask a question of what perception do the players and the characters themselves accept do they accept base reality do they accept the merged reality do they accept the dreamlands reality or do they reject all of them and go to the unknown potentially a carcosa style black hole map and then you start having that that itself is a big question and a lot of this is done for longer campaigns audience this is not something you can cover in a single one shot you're very good i'm not very good um but that that now creates a four-layer question that you can then reflect on your players and your characters and have a discussion on that potentially opening the door for something else uh the reason i know of uh the reason i'm pushing for this is more this is also to get people to start making things that aren't just cool i'm going to recreate something i think is interesting but also to push the medium forward also as a bit of self-practice because these type of questions are things i want to start introducing into the academy as things that should be studied using tabletop so that's just a quick baseline idea i've thrown together hammer out or make more especially if you want to try and reflect that back into your players and have a discussion about it about reality and perception but that's my quick idea. Do you have okay. one? I, I think I have like the start of one here because um, I, I really am concerned to get attached to the the idea. I'm going to dub the monster bloom. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, which is the uh, the the haunted house Ouija board AR is now here, um, and I think the question that I want the story to kind of answer or like to kind of like uh, address is um, like the at least the topics of like uh, not mass hysteria but like mass superstition and like uh hive mind or like mob mentality. Mm-hmm. Like how, like, cause like um, one of the things, especially for the, the, the AR scenario, if, if it is a three part thing I'm doing um, specifically like that one, because I'm, I'm drawing inspiration like, much like how sci-fi does commentary on social, on social standing on social matters and such. Yes. Um, for me, this part, like, uh, like it's kind of a commentary on, um, again, like the the mass 
hysteria that happened as a result of Pokemon Go being getting going so viral. <laughs> um, like I was watching, reading articles that were getting into the mainstream news of people blocking whole neighborhoods and traffic as they marched on moss to a park in New York <laughs> or to a rando location that or like to like a building because that's where the gym had been like designated for in the game. So like people and like people like businesses were having to either were either putting up signs saying uh Pokemon Go like uh, like a checkpoint or whatever uh well uh welcome in to come in because they were seeing it as a business opportunity. But then there were people that were like businesses and uh, and offices that were like basically like putting up signs that were like don't come here like we don't want you here kind of thing like because they were getting like over like they were getting hundreds of people like showing up on moss trying to find this stupid like virtual pet <laughs> yeah so um yeah i think at least for the 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 one game like it's it'd be a commentary on um just the i like the the fact that like how easily uh, like a a fad or like a um, how mediums can be used to like just amass um, a mob, um, I, regardless I, of their intentions, like that's a, to a, lo- a single location. And then, like, what's the monster that blooms out of that? And for, for monster bloom, it'll literally be a monster blooms out of that. <laughs> and I think that is actually a thing you can stretch through all three of them because yeah. then you can have your first one not be a haunted house, but be a mine. Also, um, treasure hunting was a huge thing back in those days as well yeah like, so they they constantly consulted like weird weird types of divination in attempts to find like like treasure that doesn't exist like it never existed but people like mass hysteria and mass rumors like spread uh and people like thought they could get rich by just by like dowsing or consulting spirits or what have you to find a a treasure that doesn't exist so yeah going to like a, an abandoned mine shaft or like a a, a barasca like a a, lo- a a mine that doesn't uh, hasn't given any fruit in, uh, in a while um yeah. but some but somebody some old jim bob in like the two towns over said that uh, has been like spreading uh, rumors that like that mine um, has old McCluskey's um, like treasure trove in it, so like everybody is going there and like using different methods to like try and douse it, right? Yeah, exactly. And so that's your that's your initial setup of like, oh, this is a haunted, creepy mine. Why does it feel like it's sentient? What is this thing going yeah. on there? Then your next one could literally be a Ouija board in a haunt in a house that is now haunted. Yeah, digging through the history of like again, because that's just a, another fad of a certain type, and you see that okay, this is now localized to a smaller location. It has resonance with the previous one. Again, that one was more greed-focused. This one might also be greed-focused, um, specifically looking into like, oh, we use a Wheezy board to figure out where they hid their treasure. Yeah. And then the third one could be Pokemon Go and be based in one of, like, you could even use this Bloom monster as just like, oh, yeah, this, this location used the Pokemon Go to bolster their sales and like did some dirty things so that they marked up the prices and now it's just the store and then have it be a localized thing that then turns into whatever yeah and that's 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 focusing more specifically on greed and like the desire for wealth and capitalism but you could you could alter that to different yeah um actually uh another idea i had a while back was um so there's this town. It has a place called 
the rumor mill, like in quotes, because it's this old dusky silo in the off, like, or like mill off in like uh, off or um, off out just outside, like just, just at the city limits in the middle of like the, uh, the off a country road. And there are so many conflicting stories and rumors about it as to like why it's uh, why the property didn't like uh, keep why it's sitting there. And the idea I had was basically the rumor mill itself is a living enigma. Like everybody goes there and they all get a different, uh, a different um, uh, uh, story or they all get a different like thing manifest because it basically just feeds off of whatever your perspective is there. Or like whatever your whatever the rumor that you have in your mind on the on the place, that's what it manifests. So I would suggest for that one specifically, uh, another piece of media to look into. Uh, Terry Pratchett. I will continue oh, to yeah. throw out things, Woo! so you're gonna have a long time writing these references. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna listen to this when I edit and just like, all right, write this down, write this down, write this down. <laughs> Specifically in one of the books, they talk about gnarly grounds. I've talked about this oh, before. Yes. It's yep. an amazing idea, but it's the idea that terrain changes based on perception. So like crossing a wooden bridge turns into crossing a road, or excuse me, crossing a wooden bridge over a, a, a small lake turns into crossing a wooden bridge over a ravine in the mountain. When actuality is not. And it's the idea that the perception of the individual alters the terrain to a point that it is either detrimental or nothing and using that to tie into your idea that you were just talking about of a self-perpetuating rumor mill sounds really on point for that and like yeah. hacking that out into what this genus loci i guess would be and what it <laughs> what it's trying to do yeah exactly like and maybe that maybe the the monster bloom thing and the rumor mill are tied to the same thing like it's maybe it's just another version of it um yeah i think we've 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 got a lot of material here <laughs> um is there anything else you'd like to uh, bring up for pokemon go as a sense of uh, fodder or as a as a source of fodder i think i've covered enough because I think I could probably do this for hours, because that's essentially that's... what I want to do, is do this for hours. <laughs> so that's we, will, we will spare you, Internet. Yes. Come out to Gen Con and talk to us sometime. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be there this year. Hopefully I can get my school to pay for it. I might be, able to, I might be either conducting research on how GMs do and create tabletop role-playing games, or I will be there for some other friggin' reason. But I am coming, and I might just have to pay out of pocket. Yeah. And I will, I will be running that spooky well. game I mentioned about concept objects. Sweet. Storage wars. <laughs> woot woot. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'll be there probably. Uh, I'll run some, like, regular. Some, some, I'll run something, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so back on this, um, yeah, I don't really have much else. Uh, I think we've covered a lot. Uh, I am going to sit down and now start writing up monster bloom. <laughs> no problem. Uh, maybe I'll run that. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I'm, I, I like the idea of like, yeah, like finding fodder for games and like, uh, also like you said like it, it's cool. It's fun to have a game that's like just cool because it's, it has a cool idea. But I also like as, as somebody who is 
a, a writer, an artist. Um, I've taken sci-fi classes in college. Um, I like the idea of like, yeah, examining culture and or examining in a facet of rea- of our reality through the stories that we tell. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of like get, of adding that extra layer of depth to your game that we've been doing. So, um, th- I guess that was this week's episode. <laughs> Uh, if you like what you heard or if you didn't leave us a comment in the comment section below where this gets posted whether it be on podbean facebook youtube or tumblr uh i'm on twitter at review cultist uh, travis do you have anything you'd like to promote and uh get out there uh come to gen con come talk to me um yeah. i don't really do much currently because i'm in a phd program so this is my fun day right now talking to cultist um i do have you can contact me through my email, um, which is tgasque at gotech.edu. That is my student email. I, or at gmail.com, either one of those. Um, I will send me an email. We can talk about something, schedule it. If you're in the area, you can come talk to me in person, but you're buying me lunch because I have price rates now because my time is precious. Um, and then also, if you're interested in following me on Twitter, I am at J-U-J-U underscore Munster, also called Wandering Scholar. Um, you'll see me posting random crap, basically, um, bitching about things, maybe putting out a poll on what to run for Gen Con and scheduling play tests, depending on what people, uh, depending on what run the results and stuff like that. So. All right. Um, and, uh, you can also send us emails at aldente rigamortis at aldente rigamortis at gmail.com. That's A L D E N T E R I G A M O R T I S at gmail.com, where you can send us suggestions for other creep pastas, SCP entries, um, anything that's most creepy and most pasta or most creepy and most internet, because like you can get some fodder, some weird, creepy fodder uh, from the internet. So, uh, and if you'd like to help support the show, you can go to Patreon. Look up Aldente Rigamortis on Patreon and select the back you'd like to support us at. We have $2 and $5 tier with special episodes, extra content, early access. To our patrons that are already helping support the show, thank you guys immensely. You're helping keep those hosting bills at bay, and we very much appreciate that. Also, to uh, the listeners of our of our show and the our authors of these stories, as well as the posters of this, like Vulture Culture Coyote, thank you for coming up with such a cool idea that we were able to like kind of mine for for game fodder and story stuff. Um, like without you guys, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So thank you. Or we would, but it'd be a little bit, a little bit less frequent. <laughs> so thank you. Um, until next time, I've been your host review cultist. I'm Travis. And this has been Aldente Rigamortis. Sleep well. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs>